What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Index, much, much more. These podcasts come out four to five days a week. Uh, this podcast today is going to be a little bit of a different format. A traditional podcast for me entails an around-the-world section covering all the major breaking news and updates between ESPN, Bleacher Report, Twitter, all that stuff, as well as a Mariner segment and a Seahawks segment. Today's segment is going, or today's podcast, excuse me, I got a bunch of coffee in me, is uh, going to be a an around the world, a lengthy around the world section, and then we're going to do an NFL recap, and then later on today, I will be recording and posting, uh, I might post it today, I might post it tomorrow, let me know what you guys feel about that. On the second podcast, which is going to be specifically just a Mariners podcast recapping the crazy weekend and series that it was in Toronto, the upcoming series starting tomorrow in Houston, uh, pitching matchups, uh, stats in between uh, pitchers and off uh, pitchers and hitters, uh, receive the season recap, the regular season record, tons of good stuff in there. If you guys want to let me know, on uh, you can find me on Facebook at Sports in the Northwest with a green insignia teal Mariners. Uh, symbol for my Facebook sports group on there. I'm the admin. I, I uh, that's I'm the creator of that group. You can find me there. Also, you can find me on Twitter at capital P N W Professor. And for the Twitter handle for this podcast is at Westside Sports Seven. And with that being said, let's get straight into it, shall we? Around the world today is going to start out with the Eagles staying undefeated after a missed field goal. Uh, pushing them to 5-0 on the season. I'll be doing a deeper uh, recap on that when we get to the NFL recap here today. Brian Cashman says that there is, quote, a pot of gold awaiting Aaron Judge at the end of the New York Rainbow. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think Aaron Judge is a big fan of Lucky Charms, but with that being said, there's going to be a lot of money we're waiting for Aaron Judge, whoever he decides to, to take it from. Aaron Judge will be an unrestricted free agent. He took his arbitration deal this year with the New York Yankees, which making him an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. Um, I don't think he returns to New York. He's pretty much made it pretty clear between the All-Star game, his comments about, oh, my future is, quote, uh, up in the air, or I'm not going to make, I'm not going to jump to that part of, of the season yet. I'm going to get there whenever we get there. The fact that the Yankees are where they are has been, they've been right in the back of Aaron Judge all season. Um, Anthony Rizzo had a good year. Giancarlo Stanton was injured for probably about half the season. Um, Andrew Benatendi wasn't bad, but they literally just rode the coattails of Aaron Judge in his historic American League record home run uh, season. The uh, speculation for the offseason for Aaron Judge, the New York, or excuse me, not New York, the San Francisco Giants. I have the New York Giants on my mind. We'll be getting them later in today's podcast as well. But the Giants have made it known that they want Trey Turner. They want Aaron Judge. They need to get like high-profile players on the field to attract people to spend money to get back to, uh, I believe it's PNC Park is what the Giants one is. I apologize. I don't have that off the top of my head. All I can think of is the Cove with all the kayakers that I wish I could do because kayaking is awesome and it's a baseball game. Uh, so I'm just curious to see what happens with that. Aaron Judge is going to have a ton of money thrown at him, well over three three hundred million, and uh, be curious to see where where he lands. I don't. There's no way I don't think he goes back to to New York unless they go on their hands and knees and beg and plead that they'll never do what they did again, lowballing him as they did in the off season, which is why he took the arbitration deal and went to arbitration court to get that figured out. 
for this last season. Running back Brian Robinson for the Washington Commanders has made his return this weekend after his injury suffered in the in the shooting that he was unfortunately involved in as an innocent bystander. Congrats to him on getting back so quickly and uh, a promising future for for the young man after a very very good preseason he had this this year. Phillies win their series versus the St. Louis Cardinals. They are set to face off versus the Atlanta Braves. the The matchups of Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, and Aaron Nola will be very, very interesting and great theater to watch versus Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Spencer Strider. T.J. Watt's return to the Pittsburgh Steelers will be delayed as he had a small knee surgery. He will likely be out another week or two. He had a small arthroscopic knee surgery to clean up some stuff in there while he was already uh, mending from the torn pec he had or the torn pec muscle. So uh, another couple weeks for, for, for Pittsburgh, and after the game that happened yesterday, which I'll get into here in a few minutes, they need all the help they can get on, on defense. Okay, I do my best to not try and slander or uh, talk poorly of referees, but this last week specifically, uh, last Sunday yesterday, was one of the worst refereeing Sundays I've ever watched. Like It was very close to the... Uh, the Roby Coleman, like, egregious miss between the Saints and I believe it was the Rams that game. I could be wrong. I apologize. It's not on top of my head. But uh, there is uh, a fair amount of investigation and question being asked right now, especially after the late, the late penalty on Grady Jarrett of the Atlanta Falcons where he cleanly tackled and sacked Tom Brady on a huge play in the course of the game, which was one of the biggest uh, turning points in that game. The head referee said that Grady Jarrett, quote, was that unnecessarily threw Brady to the, the ground after a short conversation between Brady and the head referee, the flag was thrown. The head referee issued a short statement after the game attempting to clear his name of criticism. Well, uh, you're a dollar late and two days short on this because the video is very clear. You can see that Tom Brady, you know, spouts off and mouths off to a referee, which for the record, if that happens more times than not, you see a flag being thrown for uh i think it's there's i can't remember the exact flag right now for what it's called but it's like you know harassing you know unnecessary you know conduct or you know unsport unsports play conduct that's what i'm looking for but overall and well that wasn't the only game that i had a big problem with and i know that some people are going to say you're just talking about this because you're a seahawk fan you're homer i'm not a homer i am a seahawk fan i'm also a critic I'm an analyst. This is what I do. I look at games and I look at these penalties and I look at what's being called. And first of all, before I get into this whole Seahawks and Saints refereeing absolute, you know, bamboozle of a job that, that that it was, can I please just take a moment to say, Matt Millen, that broadcasting team for the Seattle Seahawks and uh, New Orleans Saints this last weekend was god awful. Awful. I have never just, I mean, I have listened to countless uh, duos of commentary of people doing games, right? Mark Schlereth and Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, uh, Chris Collinsworth, the whole list goes on, right? Uh, and it's the fact that this guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. He literally has no idea. He takes five minutes talking about how great a wrestling background is for a center while not noticing the fact that flags are being thrown that are literally not penalties, by the letter of the by the letter of the law by the NFL, these penalties were not correct. Doug Baldwin was all over Twitter. First of all, for the touchdown catch that wasn't by 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 Chris Olave, where possession was clearly iffy at best. The ball came out 
uh, it was moving before he actually hit the ground. The rule is the ground cannot cause a fumble. I understand that, right? The ground didn't cause his fumble. He did not have clean possession of that ball, right? When wide receivers talk about that, I think they pretty much know what they're talking about when it comes to a catch. It's what they literally make their money off of, right? Between that, the 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 and the fact that the turn the call on the field, excuse me, if I can speak today, was overturned is garbage. You need indisputable evidence to overturn that call. There was not in there was there was no clean evidence in that. Dean Blandino, do us all a favor and just shut up. Mike Pereira, you do a good job. You were the head referee for many, many years. And the fact that Dean Blandino so badly wants to be like Mike, Mike Pereira is so, so ridiculous. You know, it's this is why I don't care for Fox commenting teams most time. I like Mark Sirth. He's a lineman. He actually understands football. Matt Millen stood there for like an hour and 20 minutes throughout the course of that game talking about, you know, just just stupid comment the stupid topics the whole thing was just it just rotted i mean i felt bad for him partially because twitter and i was a part of it was ripping him to shreds because it was awful it was dry it was a lack of in-depth like actual like looking at the ins and outs the x factors all this stuff they were just more focused upon how many flags can be thrown in a game and how many off-ball conversations can we make to fill time so i just wanted to, to, to talk about that also the the holding call on tackle Charles Cross that negate, uh, negated a DK Metcalf touchdown where he literally just didn't even chip block him, didn't even grab his jersey, kept his hands within the, you know, the parameters of what he needs to, to keep it in. That's what he did. And he still threw it through a flag. It got inside the, the, the rookie's head. When he's, back, when he's going against Marcus Davenport, one of the better edge rushers in, in this league, you know, he's not a Bosa. He's not, you know, an, uh, and Eric Armstead, he's not like that, but he's definitely a D2 top of the line pass rusher, right? So I just, I found myself half the game just saying, this whole game's a joke. The penalties are being thrown everywhere. The referees just want to see the color yellow on every physical play, and it was just annoying. After Friday's win, or after, excuse me, after Sunday's win, if I can read my own handwriting, the Cowboys find themselves 4-1, and one, undefeated with quarterback Cooper Rush. When Dak Prescott returns, which all the reports are, he is able to grip a football this week and he can start practicing for the first time since the days of Tony Romo, the Golden Sun, and rookie Mississippi State quarterback Dak Prescott, the Dallas Cowboys find themselves in a quarterback controversy. I think that Cooper Rush will, will stay because it sure seems like he's, oh, what is he? He's cheaper. And what is Jerry like? Money. And what is also Jerry like? Quarterbacks that are like his sons. I bet you anything Cooper Rush went to, to, to Jerry's house, had some nachos and, and, and a couple of beers. And that's what Dak Prescott refuses to do. Because when you do that, you're catering to, to Jerry Jones. And right now, the Dallas Cowboys are playing pretty good football. They really are. Uh, defense is playing pretty sound. Cooper Rush is not making a whole lot of mistakes. He's taking what the defense offers him. Reminds me a lot of Andy Dalton. This morning, the Panthers fired head coach Matt Rule and their defensive coordinator. Uh, they have an assistant uh, interim head coach and an interim defensive coordinator have been promoted. Quarterback Baker Mayfield will be out for at least a couple of weeks with an ankle injury, which means P.J. Walker is thought of to start this week for Carolina. Carolina is a dumpster fire. Uh, a lot of reports coming out of there are stating they are listening for offers for Christian McCaffrey, as well as D.J. Moore, Tommy Tremble. Uh, they're looking to just break it down. The team is bad. They have a couple of good players on defense. Jerry Jeremy Chen, uh, Brian Burns, 
stuff like that. But they are a long ways away from being uh, prevalent in the in, in their uh, in the NFC South. Spencer Strider got a seven-year extension this morning worth up to $92 million for the Atlanta Braves, including a $22 million club option for the final year. Very club-friendly deal. Uh, kid's got a ton of potential. I love his stuff. I love his moxie. I'm a big-time Braves fan. I like the organization. I like the way they run the overall. The, the whole franchise is just run the way it should be ran. Reminds me a lot of the L.A. Dodgers. They have great talent. They pay their talent. They lock them up. They have a great foundation for this franchise. Uh, the, and this franchise consisting of Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzy Albies, Matt Olson, and Spencer Strider is a hell of a start for a team that's going to be prevalent for a very long time. The Mets completely choke Game 3 versus the San Diego Padres, accruing only one hit all night. Starting pitcher Joe Musgrove went seven innings pitched, one total hit, five strikeouts. Mets manager Buck Showalter was so frustrated by the lack of offense that he had the umpires Chuck Musgrove for foreign substances, including both his hands and his ears for some ungodly reason, whatever that is. And uh, with that being said, we're going to take a little bit of a minute break here to do a sponsor break for you guys. I'm doing these more as we get into the upcoming uh, deeper part of the season. And most of you guys, like myself, who rely upon energy throughout the day, uh, have you guys heard about W Energy? Do you guys enjoy quality, clean energy? Do you crash hard out after the midday coffee? Check out W Energy. W Energy is a keto-friendly energy option for those who need a little pick-me-up through the long workday. No midday, no midday crashes or jitters. W Energy provides a boost of tasty, crash-free, jitter-free energy to help you conquer the busy day. Free of our artificial colors and dyes, and it's even sugar-free. Use code WSS to get 10% off your order today. That's use code WSS. Those are in caps to get 10% off your order today. And let's get to the NFL recap. This is going to be fun. Ravens 19-17 over Bengals. Lamar Jackson led the game-winning drive for the Ravens. Eagles stay undefeated 20-17 over the Cardinals. After the Cardinals had a missed field goal to tie the game late. Jalen Hurts continues his stellar year, posting 239 passing yards, adding 61 on the ground and two touchdowns. Buffalo Bills blow out the Steelers, led by led by, by Josh Allen, 38-3. 424 yards, four touchdowns uh, for, for, for Josh Allen. Gabe Davis had three receptions for 171 and two touchdowns as well. Jets beat the Dolphins 40-17, led by Brees Hall, who had a massive day for fantasy owners, myself included. 18 carries on the ground for 97 yards and a touchdown, followed by two receptions for 100 yards. Chargers, the Chargers, sneak up on, sneak past the, the Browns this week, 30-28. Uh, Justin Herbert continues to struggle as he continues to battle through his rib injuries. Austin Eckler led the way again for the Chargers, who's now back-to-back weeks. Fantasy owners like myself, again, are rejoicing over the glorious game for Austin Eckler, who had 16 carries for 173 yards, a touchdown, as well as hauling in four catches for 26 yards and another touchdown as well. The surprising game of the week for me, Giants beating the Packers in London 27-22. Brian Dabble has his, has his team playing a hell of good football right now. Three rushing touchdowns on the day for the G-Men, as Chris Berman would say. And, uh... Quite frankly, the Giants find themselves in a beautiful position as they continue to stay 4-1, led by the run rushing attack by Saquon Barkley and others. 
The walk-off for today is quite simple. An AFC West rivalry is on tap tonight as the Chiefs and Raiders face off on Monday Night Football. Should it be plenty of offense in this game? Crowd noise will be something to keep an eye on, especially for the fact that the game will be at Arrowhead in Kansas City, where the barbecue will be flowing, and it will be raucous and rowdy, and it will be hella loud in that ballpark, and I can't wait to watch this game. Predictions, Chiefs win this game on last-minute touchdown drive by Patrick Mahomes, 35-28. to And with that being said, that's going to be... Uh, this podcast was strictly just football and around the world. I'll be having a Mariners podcast coming up here shortly. If you guys enjoy the podcast, if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a rating on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day for listening. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. CS Rise, go Hawks, and let's get the win tomorrow in Houston. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.